good here. All right, thank you. Having a little trouble with the wireless today, so I'm, I'm going to be a little boxed in, though. I was, we're trying to unbox. But yeah, I'm, I'm on the leash today. Eric, Eric might start yanking me back a little bit if I get too far out here. Uh, we're, uh, we're in the, the third week of a series about pre-deciding. Uh, pre-decide, better choices, better life. And there are things that we end up in in uh, our lives that things that just people never say they like they want as a goal as a part of our five-year plan it's like never man next year i'm gonna file bankruptcy i'm gonna make terrible decisions with my finances i'm gonna get in debt and then i'm gonna file bankruptcy but yet people end up there like this is gonna be the year that i gain weight like we don't make plans <laughs> like right like we never make those kinds of decisions as the goal in mind we're like, all right, so I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to stop exercising this year. I'm going to eat more junk food and come to rights more often and have chocolate cake, right? Yeah? Like, like we, we don't ever make these kinds of plans. Or, okay, I'm really going to watch this now. Or I'm going to make some bad choices right here. We never make plans to, like, this is, this is going to be the time where I'm going to become addicted, right? But yet over and over again in our lives, we, we end up in these spots where we never plan to be. We make Decisions that end up leading us down paths of destruction, and we end up destroying parts of our lives. And so we are, are spending this series talking about pre-deciding. And, and last week, Erica talked a little bit about how the quality of our decisions determine the quality of our life. Because eventually, we make decisions now, and those decisions will eventually make our life. And then she shared about these these, these six values, I think there's six of them, uh, values of I am. And the first one is, is, is ready. If you can throw this up on the screen, is a follower of Jesus is I am ready. A follower of Jesus is consistent. A follower of Jesus is devoted. A follower of Jesus is generous. A follower of Jesus is faithful. And a follower of Jesus is a finisher. And so today, we're going to be focusing on that first one, that I am ready. I am ready. And we're going we're gonna to go through three things today. The first is there's three ways that we get to be ready as a follower of Jesus when we pre-decide. And the first thing is, is that we have to move the line. The second thing is that we're going to talk about is magnifying the cost. And the third thing is planning our escape. And so what does it mean all right, I'm going to need an assistant here, I think, because I, I wasn't planning on not being hands-free for a second. So, I, all right. All right, so I actually, here, why don't you do this? We're making this up as we go. So I didn't pre-decide this. I admit that this was not a, all right, can you uh, mark out a, a good line on the, on the floor here with this nice brightly colored splatter paint tape? My daughter, when I pulled this out of our, our shed, um, she wanted to start making art with it. She'd pre-decided that for sure. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. So if you can see this line in the middle of the floor, all right, on one side of the line is following God. It's the things that, that bring God glory, the things that are part of God's will. And then on the other side of the line over here are those things that are dangerous, are not part of God's will, where we, we disobey God. Where, where, does, where does anyone, where do we typically live our life? We, we, 
we want to be on this side, right? But we want to know, like, where this line is as much as possible, right? Like, we want to be, like, right up on it, right, as much as possible. If you have children, you know this for sure. Uh, like, toddlers are going to push that boundary of what that, where that line is, right? Teenagers, like, we, we, we live our lives, and we are not much different than them, p- putting our toes right on that line, right? We put our toes right on that line. When I was in youth ministry, uh, I spent the first, like, five or six years after uh, I graduated from seminary in youth ministry. And the question that I got so often was about this line. As they started, were raging with hormones and started dating one another, and they all want to know, how close can I get to this line? Like, what is okay? Like, how close, you know, holding hands? Like, how much further can I go? Like, beyond that, but still be on this side, but I, I want to get on my toe on this line as much as possible, right? It's always, like, we live our life like that so often. But there are things that we do that aren't like this at all, actually. If you were getting on a flight, um, say we were going from Tampa to Paris, and the, the pilot comes on the, over the loudspeaker all right, we're, we're a little late leaving, but I think I can make up some time by not full, filling up the fuel tank all the way. We got just enough gas to, to make it to Paris. We got just enough. I, I, I made the calculation. I think we can make it. Like, you'd be unbuckling that seatbelt real fast, right? Like, you'd be heading to the door. Because we're not, we're not going to toe the line with something like that, right? So we know that there are, there are things that are just way too dangerous to live our life towing this line. So the first step to being ready, is to recognize we can't live our life towing the line right here. We've got to move the line over, so we're going to need another line. <laughs> For the little dramatica. <laughs> no, no, you just put another line down. We've got to move the line so that we're not even living life on this side of the line. I don't know if uh, any of you have the spiritual gift of Amazon shopping. Like, this was, like, one of your weeks, right? Like, this was a great week if that is your spiritual gift, is Amazon shopping. Some one-click buying, great deals. They're going away. That's a two-day special. But some of us, right, we have that spiritual gift, and we might be buying too much, and we might need to move the line back and give someone else that password to our Amazon account, right? Or maybe it's just the... The doom scrolling on Instagram, and we need to put up some, some time blocks that we don't spend all night doing that. Or maybe it's even TikTok where you just open up the app and they just keep playing videos. You don't even have to, to effortless, and we need to move that line. For me, it's, uh, it's pre-deciding what I'm going to order at Wright's because if I, if I come here for lunch, and you can test me out, you can come to lunch with me this week. I'm like, I'm going to get a salad, I'm going to get a salad, I'm going to get a salad, and then I order the salad, and then I look over, and there's that alpine cake. And it's right there when you order. It's like that impulse buy, right? It's that impulse buy, and it looks so good. But I, if I don't make that decision ahead of time of what I'm going to order, I'm ordering the cake every time, right? I got to move that line. And here's the thing. When we don't move the line, there's this thing um, that the – I really need to back it up again. Uh, there's this thing called restraint bias. Restraint bias. And uh, the, uh, the Kellogg School of Business at Northwestern University did some research on this, this idea of called restraint bias. And they found that too often most people way overestimate their capacity to resist temptation. Way overestimate it. 
And then when we, we fall into that, when we overestimate our ability, like we think we can will our way through it, we think we have the willpower to do it. It increases our likelihood of impulsive behaviors, of addictive behaviors, because we all think that we are strong, strong enough to do it on our own, right? But here's the thing. We're not strong. Temptation is going to be coming. Temptation is going to come. And why is temptation coming? Because the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we are not strong enough on our own to do it. But we can be ready. We can be ready by moving the line. By moving the line. The second thing that we need to do is we need to magnify the cost. Magnify the cost. Too often when we we make these grand plans, we don't often ask ourselves, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Or if we ask it, it's kind of like joking, like, yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? This sounds like a great idea, right? And we don't start thinking about all of the cost associated when we make these decisions. If I was ever to, to toe the line and compromise my relationship and my vows with Erica, I'd have to start thinking about the consequences of that. What would be those costs? I would lose my best friend. I'd put my, my children in a position I never would want them in. I would hurt each one of you. I might even hurt your faith. I would compromise my integrity that I've spent years building. But we, also, we often don't want to go to those costs. We don't think about the long-term costs when we make our decisions. And then, so we've now moved the line and we magnify the cost. The last thing we're going to do is plan our escape. And there's no better, there's no better story in the Bible about planning an escape than the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. And so, Joseph, um, you can go ahead and throw that uh, scripture up. Here. Oh, this one's Joseph. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. All right. So it says, Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And so you might be thinking, wow, are these words Erica wrote about Chris? But I'm not, no longer a young man. So it's not, we're, we're, this is from the Bible. We're, we're talking about Joseph here. And all right, move the line. Okay. And and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. So the second thing here is, got to appreciate she's just direct and straightforward, right? Because so often in relationships, people are not as direct and straightforward. But then, in this moment, Joseph is this young, well-built, good-looking man. And he's in a place... That's not his homeland. He's far from his home. He's now left. His brothers are still looking for him. They don't know where he is. And he's in Egypt. He's far away. He's not in his home. And he could have stepped into temptation right there and said yes. 
He could have said, you know, what happens in Egypt stays in Egypt. No one will ever know what happens here. Like, no one ever find out about this. My brothers, I don't know where they are. They don't know where I am. No one will ever know. You know, I'm a young guy. It was really, she made the first move. It's not my fault if anything happens. You know, I was just here. Or he, he could have also, and we do this often in our own lives, he had to be frustrated with God. He'd been betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, taken far from his home. He could have been really angry with God. He could have been really angry with God and said, you know, God didn't do what I wanted, so why would I ever do what God wanted? He could have let his disappointment become disobedience. But Joseph doesn't. He, he resists in this moment. And at this, at this spot, like, this is where you want, like, you want the story to just end. And there's, like, the angels coming down, and there's a hallelujah, like, chorus, and, like, Joseph did an amazing thing. And it's the end of the story, right? No, no, not at all. She keeps coming after him, hitting on him day after day. And that's, that's what happens with temptations in our life. We don't just say no to them one day, and then they're gone the next, and we move on. They keep coming. They keep coming. And so Potiphar's wife keeps coming after him, keeps hitting on him. And then in one day, uh, if you can go to the it's like first quote. Yep, perfect. She comes again to hit on him. And she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. And Joseph tore himself away, but left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Joseph planned his escape before he even got in that moment. He knew that his coat was not worth his name. He knew his integrity was worth more than a nice coat. He was willing to leave it behind. Leave something that was probably pretty useful in his life behind to keep his integrity intact. He pre-decided that he was going to be ready by planning his escape in this moment. Planning his escape. How are we doing with planning our escapes? How are we doing with that? Are we moving the line? Are we magnifying the cost? Are we planning our escapes? So let's recap a little bit of what we talked about so far. So we are people that are ready. We predecide. We predecide to be ready because we're not strong enough, right? We're not strong enough to do this on our own. Because there's a thing called that resistance bias or strength bias. That eventually our our willpower will wane as we get tired at the end of the day. There's only so much of it. It's a limited resource in our life. We can't do this alone. We can't do this alone. And so we move the line. There's places in our life where we don't need to be towing the line. And then we're ready also by magnifying the cost. We think about what if that worst case scenario actually happens? What if that worst case scenario actually happens? What would my life look like? 
because eventually our decisions will make our life. The decisions we make will make our life. And then finally, we have to plan our escape. And God in those moments is so amazing because God is faithful even in those moments. God plans our escape for us. If you want to go to that uh, kind of feedings there. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, you'll be shown a way out that you can endure. (laughs) You'll be shown a way out. God is faithful even in the midst of those temptations. God's going to open a door. God's going to show us another way when we plan our escape and pre-decide to be ready. So you're here today, what are those ways that the spiritual enemy is attacking you? Is it your pride? Is it that you think you can do it all on your own? Because one of my favorite proverbs is, the pride cometh before the fall. That's one of those ones you got to translate in the, the King James still, right? It sounds a little bit better. Pride cometh before the fall. Is our, is our pride holding us up? Or maybe it's, we're just overly critical and we judge other people. Do we need to move the line right there? Or maybe there's lust in our heart. Is that how the spiritual enemy is attacking you? Maybe it's gossip. We're a little insecure about ourselves, and so it makes it feel ourselves feel better by gossiping about other people. How is the spiritual enemy attacking you? Or maybe you have been a Christian for a while and you used to get really excited about coming to church and today you're just kind of, eh, I'm here. And your faith is now lukewarm. Is that how the spiritual enemy is attacking you? Is that how he's attacking you today? Because temptation is going to come. And so when we can recognize the ways that we are being attacked, it's then that we can move the line. We can magnify the cost we can plan our escape. And so we are people that are ready. We are ready. Because we've pre-decided to be ready. If you're ready, say ready with me. We're ready. ready. All right. So join me in prayer. God of grace, we thank you for... Your love that meets us here right now this morning. Your love that that knows the ways that we are tempted. The ways that the evil one comes to steal our joy, our peace, our happiness. God, today, help us to pre-decide. Pre-decide that that we can no longer do this on our own, that we need your help to move the line, to move the line of where we are tempted. God, help us to understand the cost when we turn from you and your love. And God, finally, we pray right now for us to see where you're opening doors for our escape. Help us to take off those blinders that we think this might be the only way, but you are creating a new way in our lives. 
And God, for those of us today that are saying yes for the very first time, are re-deciding to follow you, God, help them right now. Help them right now know your love and grace. Surround them with this community so that we can follow together. God, we pray this in your name.